Hello, hello. You are with us at the Frame of Mind Coaching Podcast, and I am Kim Addis, founder and president of Frame of Mind Coaching. Today, I have a co-host who comes to us with years of experience out there in the working world, uh, in the area of customer service, and he is a formidable Frame of Mind Coach as well. His name is Frank Furbacher. I coached him many years ago. Frank, welcome. Thank you so much, Kim. I'm really happy that you're here. Uh, our journey together has been super interesting from when you were, I mean, how many years has it been? It's been about close to eight. It's got to wow. be. Wow. Wow. So when, when Frank first came to me, he was the VP of operations for uh, an up and coming uh, continuing education company. And uh, we started working together then, and now he's morphed into another role, but also coaches for us. So Frank, do you remember those days? Yeah. So I was going through a bit of a transition in my life and I was looking for some direction and uh, it came at the perfect time to, to be able to get coached and to sort of kind of, kind of like put the pieces together of trying to figure out, okay, what's the next step in my life? What am I going to do? Um, so it really worked out very well. I remember one of the discussions we had was around leadership and uh, you, uh, you and I were having a conversation. You said, you know, the problem is that I'm not getting a whole lot of direction from uh, the owners, the, the president of the company. I'm not getting a lot of direction. And I, I remember this specifically. I said, hold on a second. Do leaders get direction from anybody else? Yeah. And it, it, was, it was pretty eye-opening. I remember at the time uh, you were basically saying, you know, if you want to do something, why don't you just go do it? And if anyone has a problem with it, they'll let you know and you'll have to do something else. And so those are kind of like words I wound up living by for quite a while there and still do today. That's right. So it's very interesting, right? When we look at leadership, and I really want to talk a lot more about leadership because I think you coach some really interesting leaders. But when we look at leadership, leaders chart their paths, right? They chart the course, they create a vision, they share that vision with others. Um, and they're kind of like at the front of the pack, and there's no one giving them direction. They kind of look around sometimes, sometimes they seem aimless, sometimes they start a direction and come across a whole bunch of of roadblocks. But at the end of the day, a, a leader is the one who, who determines direction. And so when we coach clients, uh, some of them are clear about where they want to go and how they want to get there. And they have a very, very clear vision. But a lot of times they don't, right? It's a little fuzzy for them. They're a little bit unsure of themselves. They have maybe a lack of confidence. They're afraid to kind of put a, a stake in the ground and say, this is my vision when they're not really sure if that's their vision. Do you have any experiences like that with any of your clients? Yeah, and I've I've had this conversation, you know, a bunch of times with different clients of really just them me saying to them, you know, every employee really thinks that leadership in their company has it all figured out, that everything is just going smooth. And the reality is that leaders struggle just like anyone else, right? And so what I've seen is uh, with different clients that some leaders are actually afraid to commit to providing the direction, uh, especially the long-term vision, right? So every company wants to have a, a higher purpose of what is our mission? What is our vision? And I've had 
leaders who are afraid to commit to that and afraid to stand up in front of a room of their employees and say, no, this is the direction we're going in. This is what we believe in. This is why we're doing this. And it's because they don't feel that they're bought into what they're trying to sell to their employees. And it's very difficult. So what do you mean by bought in? Like, do they don't have conviction? They don't think that that their vision is worthy? They don't think other people will um, like it? Like, what do you mean by they're not bought in? So they're not bought in because they feel like they're still seeking the right role for them within the company. They feel like they have some strengths that they're offering to the company. They've been able to build this company up to the size that it's been. But now from here, it's almost like, I'm kind of bored, right? Like I, I've gotten to a point where things are semi-sustainable and I have to put out fires and I'm here to lead the team in certain ways, but I'm, I'm, I'm still seeking my higher purpose and why I'm doing this. Interesting. So would you say that that is uh, related to burnout or is that something like complacency or is that something like, Hey, you know, as a leader, there's a point at which uh, leaders start coasting and something needs to happen. Something needs to wake up their senses for them to go to that kind of like that higher level. Yeah. And I think a lot of it too has to do with a little bit of a fear that they may have in terms of committing or they've done things the same way for so long, right? And things have worked out decently for them. And, you know, they, they wish they were doing better, but they're not, but they're not doing poorly. So they're sitting there and they're saying to themselves, well, I, I could take a few risks and I could hire someone to do some of the work that I do so I can focus on something else. But Frank, what if I don't focus on that something else? And what if I wind up not actually growing the company if I do these things. So it's sort of like a what if trap that they're falling into. Right. In other words, uh, what's, what's that expression better, the devil, you know, than the devil you don't or something like that. One of those expressions. Exactly. Uh, so, So it's very interesting. My experience is this, is that as a company, companies are a reflection of their leaders. So when you look at a company and you look at what's working and what's not working, what gets stuck, what is a challenge, and you look at how a leader thinks, you'll see a mirror image, right? It's the same thing. And so what you're really describing is also a company who does okay, pretty well, but not amazing. And that's because it sounds like in in this particular case, the leader is doing okay, pretty well, but not amazing. Right. And so the work that we're doing to get to that point, right? And, and that we do with leaders is we want to make sure that they certainly do understand what that purpose is of theirs, right? And we want to understand what are the things that they enjoy doing while they're at work and what are the things that ideally, if they didn't have to do it, what would they not be doing? Um, because a lot of leaders, they, they fall into that trap, right? Of like, well, no, this is my job. I have to do this. And meanwhile, it's like, Who's to say there isn't two or three other employees in your company who could do that even better than you can? Um, and being a true leader, right, is, is being aware of those things and being able to let go sometimes and empower others. Uh, but also, it's, it, it's a matter of, okay, well, it, these leaders have an itch and they're trying to scratch that itch to try to, try to fulfill themselves. And so we want to make sure that we're doing the work with them, that they have the confidence to pursue those different things while also being sure that 
they're not putting themselves at risk, right? So nobody wants to uh, put their put themselves at risk or their company at risk. And in a lot of ways, they have that fear of the unknown because while there is a risk, right? There's there's always going to be some risk. Um, is it really as as much as they think it is, or is it just the unknown? And once they figure out that unknown, uh, then they'll start to get much more comfortable with their new uh, way of operating. So there's so much you just said there that is super interesting. Number one is amazing leaders build amazing leaders, right? So they're not the only leader. They build other leaders around them. And actually that is their task. That is their purpose is, is to create a situation where they are no longer needed for that particular thing or task. They're replacing themselves all the time. So that's number one. Number two, as you talked about risk, and this is interesting because I've studied leadership, I don't know, maybe for the past... 35 years. I know I don't look that old, but 35 years. Um, and, and one of the things that I've discovered in studying leaders is that a lot of times we think leaders are risk takers. And yes, they are, but they are mitigated risk takers. So what does that mean? They mitigate their risk. They, so they, they imagine, so what will it take for me to get from here to there? Maybe that involves a risk. And they say, okay, so what are the steps involved? What does that look like? So they get a clear picture of what that looks like in their minds. And then they say, well, what would it look like? What would the cost be if I fail? And they have a picture of that in their minds too. And then they go one step further and they say, well, so how would I recover from that failure? What would that look like? And when they get comfortable with that idea, what would that look like if I failed? How would I bounce back? How would I recover? And they say, okay, I think I can manage that. And then they move forward with that risk. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I've also had uh, in, in leaders that I've coached, uh, one of the funny things I hear is, you know, I'm, I'm looking to move forward with the confidence that we talked about. And then we, we begin to uh, go through and understand what their priorities are in their life, right? And, and what are the values that you hold true to yourself that are, that are very close to you? And are you living in a way that equals those values, right? So everyone says like, oh, my family comes first, right? Or religion, family come first. And then you go in and you say, well, I want to be fulfilled in my career. And then you say, well, I want my employees to feel fulfilled in their careers. And then when you go and say, well, what are the things you're doing to get to that point? You wind up seeing that there's something that doesn't add up there, right? There's, there's something that you're saying should come first, but your actions are leading you in a different way. And so you get that weird feeling. And I, I've explained this before to people and they say to, they say to me, you know, um, you're, you're telling me that I should be living in alignment, right? And that my values and my actions are aligned and, and that should give me the confidence to move forward. And they'll say to me, I don't feel confident. There's something missing here, right? There's that uncomfortable feeling of anxiety that's keeping me from living in a confident way. And so that is always really fun to, to work with leaders on because the fact of the matter is, right, priorities change. Circumstances will change. And so therefore, your hours in one area are going to change uh, possibly even week to week. But overall, where, where are you spending your time and what's the long game here? And that allows leaders to really just take a step back and say to themselves, okay, yeah, where am I spending my time? So let's stop there for a minute because I think this is a huge conversation. And the question is, what really stops leaders or anybody for that matter from living in alignment with their values? So you take the example of my family comes first, but they're working all the time. 
right? So mm-hmm. what is actually at play here? What prevents them? And you use the word confidence. They have a lack of confidence. But I'll, and, and that's interesting because that embodies a certain view like, hey, you know, like I'm not really sure, but I'm going to throw something else in. And it's the idea that there are a certain set of beliefs that are playing havoc with this person's level of confidence. So, so what does that actually mean? It means if I feel like my family comes first, but I believe that, that I need to get this and this and this done in order for me to keep my job or for me to succeed or for me to you know, be proud in front of my employees or for, or for me to keep that client, and that's going to prevent me from living my values. So when I have a belief that says I should be working and that belief contradicts the value, which is family first. Now I'm at odds with myself. And when I'm at odds with myself, I have a lack of confidence. Yeah. And I'm checking my phone a lot too when I'm with my family, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So it it stops you from being present, et cetera. So this whole idea of what do you believe to be true really is the anchor. When we look at what leaders feel comfortable doing and how they soar versus where they get stuck and where they hold themselves back from living in accordance to their values. And, and that could be unrelated to, you know, the family work kind of push and pull. It could be related to saying, hey, guys, as a leader, this is where we're going. We're taking a sharp right turn, right? It could be related to that, to saying, hey, you know, like, I, I really want to go in this direction, but I'm fearful because I'm not really sure. I, I believe that the unknown could cost me a lot. So those beliefs really play a tricky role for leaders in determining what they do and what they don't do. Yeah. And I've also seen too, uh, a big thing is the ability for leaders to be authentic in their leadership positions because they, they are the leaders in the organization, right? So they don't, you know, if the kitchen's on fire, they don't want everyone to know the kitchen's on fire. And, and what is the, what is the line uh, that you can walk in terms of being transparent and also, you know, being a responsible leader and knowing that, well, if everyone knew what was going on here, they might decide to pick up and leave, right? Um, so it's an interesting thing that I've seen as well, especially because what, from, from my experience, the more transparent leaders have been, the more credibility they have and the more invested their employees become, even in the tough times too. Um, and it's, it's, it's an interesting thing to see how fearful some leaders can be because they feel like, and you know, all of us do this in our, in our lives at some point or another, right? So I'm supposed to be this person because I'm in this role. And, you know, whether it's um, being a, a having no fear as a husband or whether it's being the CEO of a company, right? We, we, we have this idea in our head of, I need to act this way because I'm in this position. And then all of a sudden you're not being authentic anymore, right? You're trying to be someone who you think you're supposed to be as opposed to who you are. Right. Well, I mean, I'll take me as an example, right? I'm the person who everybody comes to for coaching, I'm supposed to be this superhuman coach. And when I have a struggle or a problem, I'm like, okay, well, who do I go to, right? Where, where am I supposed to go? I'm not supposed to have problems. I'm supposed to be the coach who knows how to figure things out, right? So it, it's, that, it's that idea. But here's a, a good question is what prevents 
leaders from actually being authentic or being transparent and vulnerable? What actually is getting in the way? So when that's happening, what's getting in the way is they have like this, this fraudulent fear, right? Like, I don't want to be a fraud. I don't want to be people. I, I may not even have the belief that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I should be in this role. And, uh, it brings me back though to like the greatest thing I ever heard a leader tell me, and this is going back to like my junior year of high school, uh, my whole travel hockey teams in the locker room for our first practice and our coach comes in and he says to us among other, you know, and we knew he had a great reputation as a coach. So we're all like very excited to, to play with them. And he says to us, uh, the first thing he says is, uh, guys, I just want to let you know that I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything there is to know about hockey, but I'm here to help you guys as best as possible. Learn from what I do know, and we'll learn together as we go through the season. And so here we are, and here's a guy who's going to be leading us for the next six months, telling us he doesn't know everything. And so all of a sudden, you have that instant credibility of like, oh, I don't mind. I don't care what this guy doesn't know because I will run through a wall with him because he's just admitted he doesn't know everything. Right. So, so the idea of being transparent and vulnerable and authentic allows other people to not only connect with you, but be willing to go the distance with you. Yeah. And I've, we've seen it with you too, as, as the leader of our coaches, right? So the times that we are like giving you a high five or when you're opening up, right? When you're vulnerable, when you're saying, Hey, I'm struggling with this. Yeah. And we're like, Oh, great. She's human too. That, that's awesome. I'm the epitome of human. I promise you. <laughs> um, that's amazing. That's so good. So I want to sort of switch gears. You've been coaching for us for a while. Um, what's an experience like coaching with Frank? So I always tell everyone that when they sign up to get coached by me that, you know, they're getting the biggest cheerleader possible in their life, right? So that's that's like number one. Like I'm not here to place any judgment. I'm here to literally be a friend, mentor, coach. What you need from me is what I'm going to be at different times. And the great thing too, is that it'll be tremendous honesty going back and forth. And um, it's always been for me um, once they're done with coaching um, or even, you know, in the middle of coaching, you know, you let them know, like, by the way, you're in the Frank club now. So (laughs) You're going to be getting an email from me, you know, even if we don't talk for three months, you can expect to, for me to pop up on your social media or send you an email or give you a birthday call because that's just what happens, right? We create those amazing relationships with people. Um, I was just on a former client's podcast last week, which was a lot of fun. Um, there's people who over the last seven, eight years who will provide updates as to where they're at in their lives and how much coaching has impacted where they are today. Yeah. Uh, So that's a lot of fun. I like the Frank club. I like that idea. Um, So, so, but you're working full time in addition to coaching, how has learning how to coach becoming a frame of mind coach affected your work life, your leadership in your professional career outside of coaching? So, you know, for me, for, for coaching to start, it, it allowed me to realize that 
there's always an opportunity to learn, right? Every single circumstance is an, is an opportunity for you to learn more, add value to yourself in, in future circumstances and experiences. So whether it's taking stuff from coaching and using it in my full-time role or vice versa, um, it's been huge for me to be able to uh, have the thought principles and the framework to be able to make decisions and to uh, move forward. Uh, and be a leader and take chances and not be as fearful and catch myself in those moments where I'm saying to myself, oh my gosh, like in my full-time job, what is the client going to say about this? And I have bad news and how do I deliver it? Um, and knowing that, you know, hey, I don't really, ha- I only have control of so much here. So I'm right. going to have to take care of my stuff and the rest is up to them. And typically what happens is uh, any negative reaction that I was expecting is, not even close to as bad as I imagined it to be. And so I'm able to just kind of pivot and move forward. And uh, that's been great for me. I mean, just to be able to deal with people in different ways, um, to be able to read people, to be able to assume positive intent in business meetings, because I see a lot of people who will leave meetings and say, what's with that person saying this and what's going on there? What are they trying to say when they say this? Um, I don't have to worry about that stuff. Uh, I just kind of move forward and, and worry about what I need to do to, to, to produce the best possible product. And it's been a lot of fun. So I, I think it's very interesting because my observation and my experience is this, is that individuals who learn even the ABCs of coaching go back to their worlds and become dramatically better leaders. Uh, They are able to impact others more effectively. They're able to communicate more effectively. They're able to bring people along on this ride of a vision more effectively. And they're actually what you're saying. And and I think, I hope people hear it because certainly we all feel it is a sense of common peace that you live with as a leader. And you're like, hey, it's all okay. It's all good. It's, we don't have to get wrapped up in the drama, in the strife, in the stress of leadership, of running a company, of running a business. We don't need to do that. And that's dependent on how I think. But what's oozing out of you is this kind of sense of, you know, I'm relaxed. I have a club. It's the Frank Club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's, able, it's the ability to move forward confidently and authentically. And if you're doing that, I mean, life is good. Yeah, life is good. All right. Frank, thank you so much for joining me today. I had a lot of fun with you. It was really, really good. Uh, I think we should have you back. So thank you. Thank you for joining me. And if anybody who's listening is interested in learning more about being in the Frank Club or Frame of Mind Coaching, please, please go to frameofmindcoaching.com. First of all, there's a ton of information, but on the front page, there's uh, an invitation to join us for a complimentary coaching call. That call is amazing. It will absolutely wake up your senses and make you see things you haven't seen before. So please join us there and find out more. Frameofmindcoaching.com. Frank, thank you again. Thank you, Kim.